Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. I am Josh Why, and as always, for every show, or just about every show, I'm joined by my buddy, Josh Woot. Welcome to our Super Bowl 51 prop bet show. Are you excited, Woot? Holy bleeping hell. It's finally here. That's, oh my god! I, I okay, mean, it's happening! Everybody's I, mean, I know it's the Super Bowl, but we're pretty much walking around calling it the Lunar Bowl everywhere we're going. Yep. It's 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 the Lunar Bowl for us this year. It is sold um, out. Yeah, it's sold out. And for those of you that uh, bought tickets, can't wait to see you there. It's, it's, it's mate, it's exciting. I'm super excited. I'm pumped. Very excited. And well, you know, one of the things that's that's great about uh, the you know the Super Bowl is everyone gets involved. You know, it's it's a big occasion, not just for diehard NFL fans like uh, us and our listeners, but, uh, you know, all the uh, everyday punters and, and fans out there, our uh, girlfriends are attending Luna Bowl, you know, mostly to watch Lady Gaga at halftime, but, uh, you know, there's something there for everybody, and that's what we're going to discuss in this uh, podcast. So in this episode, we're talking some prop bets, so we're going to go through some of the, uh, you know, the more uh, flashy prop bets that are out there, the ones that really intrigue people, the anthem and the halftime show and the Gatorade and the MVP. And then we've got our three best prop bets and our lock of the week prop bet edition Super Bowl <laughs> 51 as well. Uh, all brought to you by William Hill, as you heard at the top of the show. Uh, they have, in so far, 280 markets for the Super Bowl just in their uh, in their matchbook there. And there's an array of just other uh, match specials, pre-match specials, halftime, post-match and player specials as well, where you can click on certain, you know, receiving yards, rushing yards, all sorts of stuff. Um, if you just, you know, if you don't want to go the over-unders, you can actually branch out. And if you think someone's going to have a big game, you can, you know, Julio Jones over 200 yards or something like that. All available for you on William Hill. So there's just so much variety there Snap. at, uh, you know, William Hill. So after we talk prop bets, I uh, spoke to RJ Ochoa earlier, a friend of the show. He's been on uh, a few times uh, while you were down at Huskisson, uh Taking uh, obscure photos of picture cinemas just, and whatnot. Just, just chilling. Yep. He uh, he talked to us about media night and uh, radio row where he's been uh, all day. Not all day, all week. Sorry, he's been there all day today, but he's also been there all week. So uh, it's uh, fascinating insight from the man on the ground over in Houston. But uh, let's get let's get straight into our prop bets. All right, the first one is Super Bowl MVP. Now, there's a variety of runners in this market, ranging from $251 shots, such as Rob Ninkovich, to your favorites at Tom Brady at $1.85, uh, and, you know, Matt Ryan at $275. What's your initial thoughts on uh, on this market, and, and who do you like? Uh, my initial thought is obviously. Tom Brady and Matt Ryan are going to have a big say in how their teams perform, as the quarterback always does. But then the thought 
it's it's not exactly like it is with the MVP and um, things like that where the quarterback is just a given. It's actually more often than you'd think um, another player that's not the the quarterback, like Von Miller and Malcolm Butler and players like that that have won it recently. Well, so Malcolm Butler still didn't think... win, but he should have won. Yes, fair enough. You are yeah. right. You are right. Um, well, essentially, he Another... didn't do anything but that, but a, it single-handedly changed the game on the set. Exactly, <laughs> and Malcolm Butler, uh, another Malcolm won it. Malcolm Smith won it. Like, you, you get some random yeah. ones there. Dion Branch. Is it was Dion super... Branch one, yeah. yeah, yeah. So That's the one I was getting confused with. There's uh, a lot of different options available. So, look, obviously you're right. The value is in the quarterback, but a prop like that, a dollar eighty-five for Tom Brady. I mean, if you really think he's guaranteed to win it, then go nuts. Um, and if you think the Falcons are going to win, two seventy-five for Matt Ryan, probably a shoe in. But outside of those those guys, there's a few sneaky players that I wouldn't mind investing some dollars on at, at big prices. I think if you're a small-time punter, five ten-dollar better. Um, I like Tevin Coleman at thirty-one dollars. You're going to sense a theme from me in this show and our Super Bowl preview show. Uh, which you can check that out also on our uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Wooshka, wherever we, uh, wherever you listen to us, please check that out. An hour plus of just Super Bowl preview, so much uh, stuff from the both of us. But I, I really find Tevin Coleman as a huge X factor in this game, and he's just got the inc- insane speed to break off, you know, a game-changing play at, at any point from anywhere on the field. And I like him at thirty-one dollars. Um, to me, if it's not going to be Matt Ryan. I really, I feel like, uh, obviously, Julio is the next best option. Obviously, I, I can't see, um, I can't see anyone on the Patriots side um, offensively. It's all, it's going to have to be if someone like Edelman has a big game, it'll be because Tom Brady's having a big game and Brady will overshadow Edelman. And what that's if, just how it'll end up. What if they give Blount like 25 carries and he just runs for 200 yards? Like, I feel like that might not be all on Brady. I feel like he's probably the only other person other than Tom Brady on offense to, that could win it for New England. It, it could, but at the same time, I just feel that they're going to shake up their offense so much to try to keep this defense on their toes and kind of just keep them, you know, Essentially, just make them scratch their head, never know what's going on the entire game. That I just feel that they're they're going to use, I, they're definitely going to use Blount the most in regards to um, rushing attempts and things like that. But I still think they they're going to kind of just divvy it up as much as possible. Who knows? We we might have, uh, uh, what was going to say, uh, direct snaps to Edelman or something stupid oh, like that. Like who 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 knows with, what's with Belichick exactly. and, and McDaniel's? You just you just don't it, know. Exactly, and I mean, to be honest, if Vic Beasley gets going, yep. he could be he could be real sneaky. But um, yeah, awesome. I mean that there's there's value there at thirty four dollars. But to be honest, I can't see anyone outside the the handful of players that we've mentioned. Yeah, uh, I was about to ask a, def- a defensive player, and you mentioned Vic Beasley at thirty four dollars. Uh, for namesake on New England's defense, I feel like if if Logan Ryan or Malcolm Butler, whoever is involved in that, can adequately shut down uh, Julio Jones, there's a chance that they could win the, win MVP, but they'd have to get a pick or a pick six or force a fumble. Some sort of game-changing play on Julio Jones is a chance. And at $81, uh, you know, get a couple of bucks on that. You, you just never know. 
uh, with with New England. We've seen some unsung heroes win it, so it depends on who you think will be covering uh, uh, Julio Jones, and we're gonna we talk about that in our. Uh, in our main podcast, because Belichick, you know, sometimes it's not their number one corner. They they're going to bracket him with with a corner and some safety cover, and it might end up being Logan Ryan or even Eric Rowe on uh, Julio. I, Jones. I, I don't mind. I don't mind the whole Eric Rowe and uh, you know McCordy. little bit of safety help in there. Yeah, I don't I don't mind that approach. And then you or you completely just I don't know remove everyone else out of it and see if. Mm. Julio can keep it up all game. Exactly. <laughs> Who knows what they're trying to decide. All right, so plenty of options there from us uh, across Super Bowl MVP. For, and we give our uh, our best uh, prediction on MVP in our main uh, podcast. That's ignoring any value or price. That's just who we think will win that. So please check that out in our Super Bowl preview. First touchdown scorer market. Uh, any other player is a favorite at 550. That includes defensive touchdowns as well. And uh, anyone that may not be listed there. What's your thoughts on that? I, for me, it comes possibly comes down to who wins the toss. Atlanta have, you know, first, um, they've scored on, I think, their first uh, drive in like eight consecutive games. So it could be their ninth game if they, you know, if they receive it on the kickoff or even, you know, force a punt. Um, you like their chances to score on their first drive. But against this number one scoring defense, it's, who knows? But if they're going to score, I feel like it, I feel like we'll see a, a receiving touchdown as the first one. So I'm leaning to one of the receivers, maybe a Chris Hogan or Julio Jones there at $10 for Julio, $13 for Chris Hogan. I, I love it. I would love that. I would love Chris Hogan to open up the Super Bowl with a receiving touchdown. That would be great. I agree with you that it's going to be a receiving um, touchdown. So, I mean, but that can still be a running back. I still don't mind a screen pass to Coleman. Um, but then we saw, we also saw in the last game that Falcons tend to do a, a few screens to Julio as well. So, I mean, I, I do I do like that. Um, yeah, I, I do definitely like a receiving touchdown. Who it is, who knows. It could running back, wide receiver. It's a it, these both of these offenses is just a complete wild card. Like who knows? Who knows if they just bring out James White for this for the for the first touchdown, paying twenty one dollars is great. It's pretty good value. Um, we've seen him score off a, a nice, easy, you know, dump off pass out, you know, or uh, the wheel route. One of the best routes in the Patriots playbook is the old uh, running back wheel route. It's just so successful, high percentage play. You get yards. Um, White can make someone miss, and uh, yeah, I don't mind that at twenty one dollars. Not not a bad uh, prediction. Uh, moving on to the national anthem. Uh, so basically, how long will it take Luke Bryan to sing the U.S. national anthem? That's from his first to his last note. The over/under set at two minutes and fifteen seconds. Dollar eighty-seven. Pick him. I've done my research on this word, and early on in his uh, in his career, very fast anthems, and it looks like a lot of the money is coming for the under. But the last couple. Seems to drag it out a little bit, and we've seen some really long ones. This is a Super Bowl. It's a big occasion. I reckon he wants to show off the pipes a little bit. I like the over here. You uh, like the over? I like the over here. I feel like he is going to... Uh, is Luke Bryan a country man? I am not He is. He's Luke in Texas. Bryan. He's in the heart and soul of America. I like the over. I think he's going to drag it out. I've listened to a few on YouTube. The last one for... Two minutes and like forty something seconds because he just All right. the last the last one took a long time to finish the last few mo- few notes. Is does he look at this opportunity as a platform to you know show off? Yes. Or does he 
does he view this as I'm a countryman, I'm here to do a job, I'm here to get in, get out, make no mistakes, still show off my incredible voice that I'm sure he has, um, and then just go, you know, just belt out this beautiful national anthem and then get off stage quickly, no mistakes. I'm leaning towards the former because he was asked today who he was supporting in the game and he protected it like Fort Knox, like he was some sort of inside, you know, like it was some sort of secret on who he was supporting, like it mattered or he was, you know, you can't reveal his pick. Like, just, mate, you're no. a country western singer, just pick a side. Like, who who do you want to win? Like, what? What's the big deal? Like, all right, all right, you've sold, you've sold me. The guy, the guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's probably stuff up, and then we can, just drag we can on bet on him to uh, forget or omit a word as well with William Hill. So uh, take a look at that market. Does, yeah, does that does that mean you know Texas accent changing the words around? No, forget or omit a word. So if he leaves a word out, uh, yeah. So adding a word mm. in doesn't doesn't count. Uh, you got to read, you know. Read between the lines, buddy. Fine print. Fine print. Yes. Are you taking the over? Yeah, I'm going with over. All right. You're taking the over as well. All right. Moving on. Belichick's hoodie. What color hoodie will Belichick wear? Blue at $1.35. Gray at $4. Other at $10. Red at $26. The what? last time you wore red, they lost, right? Yes. And that's why it's such a huge price. He lost to the Giants. You can pretty much banish... Uh, you can pretty much banish that from the market. It, it may as well be $101 at this point. Yeah, um, I like blue. I think it's a, it's a, it seems a smart choice for me. Patriots are blue. You'll wear blue. Yeah, I, I did tweet out something a few days ago because I stumbled upon a spreadsheet where someone had catalogued the color of Belichick's hoodie from the last, like, eight years, like every single game. Um, I'm trying to find it now, and I just I cannot find it, but uh, it I've tweeted it so long ago that it's tough to find, but it is astonishing the amount of research that's gone into it. I know, you know, some Pats fans are quite unbearable, like every team, and especially down here in Australia, but like, credit with it, credit's due. That's exceptional work by a fine group of uh, patriotic Patriots fans. That's It was unbelievable, the spreadsheet. It was just so much patriotic detail. Patriotic Patriot fans. Yeah. They had whether there was sleeves or whether there wasn't sleeves, whether the, the hood was you know on or whether there wasn't a hood. It was just everything. Uh, but blue is really cheap. If you if you want a little bit of value, maybe grey, but he's been wearing blue the last few weeks, and uh, I think you're right, Woot. I think blue's the way to go. Yeah. All right, the halftime show. Featuring Lady Gaga, which song will Lady Gaga sing first? Bad Romance is favourite at two dollars. Edge of Glory, it's been a strong mover into two dollars twenty. Born This Way at seven dollars. Any other song at eight dollars. Just Dance at nine dollars. Poker Face at eleven dollars. What are your feelings on this? Hotly contested. All right, so this market. is this is what I did. This is what I did with Coldplay as well. I kind of got a little bit. Uh, I came in thinking, you know, they're gonna they're gonna play the um, the new song. They're gonna lead in with the new song. They're gonna try to, you know, get everyone hooked on the new song. What did what did Coldplay come out to? What was their new beautiful tune that they Adventure of a Lifetime, wasn't it? A... No, see, that's what everyone thought it was gonna be. Was it Everglow? It was Viva. It, no, it was Viva La Vida, ah, and it started off. And it was just a, they only just played a little bit, mm. and it just went just that. Dun, that's dun, right. Dun, yes. Dun, 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 and then. They only played it for, I think, like 30 seconds, and then it went into the rest of their stuff. Yes. That's why I kind of feel like she's going to come out and it's going to have like the typical, like, rah, 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 or whatever she does for Bad yes. Romance, by the way. You can, you can clip that 
and then she'll lead into something else. So I'm kind of sticking with the favorite Bad Romance because I don't think she's going to sing much of the song or they might come back to it. Very, very good point. Like it just starts with that rah, rah, rah. And that's all you need is a a split second or two of, of a song and that classifies as the first song. Yeah. And by the way, The Edge of Glory, like that's not exactly a strong starter. No. I, I just think with the way the political climate is right now in America and all the chaos that's going around, I feel like Born This Way could be a really strong political statement. Um, it just, you know, it is a song about inclusion and accepting people for who they are and, and all that sort of stuff, and it's a strong message. And Gaga said today that um, she wasn't going to go too political, that the show would speak for itself. So I feel like we will hear the song definitely. 100% we'll hear that song. But maybe she might start with that. Start with a banger. And it's $7. I don't mind it. A lot of the murmurs, though, are for Edge of Glory, which which I find strange because I agree with you. I don't know if that's a strong song to start with. But I kind of like the way you're going with the The bad romance sort of like start. And yeah. Man, I, but Edge of Glory is like... she's. She's definitely going to sing it. Yep. There's no, I don't have any doubts about that. It's, uh, you know, it's the latest hit that she's got. But yep. yeah, I don't know. It it starts off a little bit slower, and even the song itself, mm. I kind of, I don't know. By the way, I wish I wish there was a market on, you know, something to do with the 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 roof because yep. all stories are coming out that she wants to get up there. She wants to sing from the roof of the stadium. So yep. let's see what happens. I was always like Team Katy Perry over Lady Gaga. I know there's not really a feud, but they were the two pop divas for a for a while there. But I've never been more high on Lady Gaga the last sort of six months. I don't know. And she was awesome in the press conferences the last couple of Man, days. I, I love her. She's a she's, weirdo. She's, she's uh, a... But she's not even I, like I that eccentric. Like Cyrus. Do, yeah. do your thing, Marley. Yeah. Like, Gaga's eccentric, but she's not over-the-top eccentric anymore. She's still like a little bit bizarre and abnormal, which I love, and quirky. Uh, but she's not wearing the meat dresses and the arriving in an egg sort of thing. She, she's, just, uh, she's just being herself lately and... Uh, not being over the top and sort of that sort of stuff, but I, she's like she handled the stuff today, like. Or is she not being herself? And maybe. that was really her. <laughs> she, and now she's maybe she's, she's like, uh, evolved from the egg stage. <laughs> um, that was a bad joke. And wow! I'm really, really wow! Sorry. I like it. I like it. Um, she got asked about the wardrobe malfunction that happened in Houston in the same uh, Super Bowl that the Patriots played back in 2004 and, you know, the whole nip slip thing. And then she pretty much said, oh, you're trying to blame that on the Patriots. And then she's like, all right, next question. It was great. It was, she killed it. All right. Uh, nice. Post-match, uh, what color will the Gatorade be that is dumped on the winning head coach? All right. You and I are both feeling the same color. And we were last year. We nailed blue last year and that was the winner. Um, but it's... The last few... I swear we nailed the one before. Well, I thought it was clear last year, wasn't it? Uh, we've got the last two years. I can't, I'm getting my like dates mixed up, but we've... we've yeah, we've maybe it last... was blue than clear. Yeah, we've I got the know. last two years. I'm, I'm going to check it now, but uh, what's your reasoning behind uh, you know, this, uh, you know, this market this year? To be honest, I don't even know. It, it was called a gut feeling, but... I don't know. Like originally in my head, I'm just like, uh, it has to be red. Like, I don't know. I just, I kind of felt red early. And then I was just like, nah, red just seems too nah. like, yeah, I know. It's just, it just had, it sat with me wrong. And then I just thought, they're not going to do blue again. And I was like, clear, 
clear. It's just not satisfying enough. It's just, it looks like they're just dumping cold water on someone. And then, I don't know, lime green is just what? So then I felt it came down to essentially just yellow. That's what I just felt it came down to. So I was like, I'm, I'm rolling with, I'm rolling with yellow. Despite I... it being the favorite. By the way, how, how did these favorites happen? Like, how? I, I don't know. Uh, sorry, we've got the last two. Last year was orange, and that's why we went with or- we went with orange because Denver were in it, and orange is a pretty popular fa- f- flavor anyway. And blue was the last Patriots one, which is what we got right uh, yeah. in the New England Patriots. So the last few years, orange for Denver, blue for the Patriots, orange for Seattle Seahawks. There was none in the Ravens game. Purple for the Giants, orange for the Packers, orange for the Saints. Yellow for the Steelers, clear for the Giants, clear for the Colts, clear for the Steelers, clear for the Patriots, none for the Patriots, and none for the Patriots again, and then Tampa had purple in between the two Patriots there. So the Patriots early on, no Gatorade or clear, but they've spiced things up you know, the last couple of years with the blue. But blues and orange, orange has been very common the last sort of five to six years. Uh, when you think of Gatorade, you think orange. Yeah. But I'm feeling yellow this year. I don't know what it is. It's been a long time. It's Super Bowl 43 was the last time we had yellow. It's been a long time. Yeah. I don't know. And, and and it's the same thing too. It's like there's just nothing really giving I know you it's the a favorite. strong yellow vibe. It's no, weird. Don't it you is. Think? And it's it's a stupid market to bet on, but it's fun. And it's, you know, the last two years we've actually got it right. I don't like betting on the favorite. Normally these type of markets I like sort of taking – because it's, there is no real way to work this out. I would like to take like the third or fourth favorite to get more value. So if you can, I can I say one thing? I was very happy with um, betting on once upon a time was betting on the queen, the color of the queen's hat at the opening ceremony of the Olympics when it was in nailed London. It. Wasn't it peach? I swear, it was. Yeah, it you, was great. You got it. You nailed it. Uh, but it I, I feel like last year. I, we we cleaned up on the props and Von Miller Super Bowl MVP. So uh, it's been a successful couple of years for us in terms of Super Bowl betting. Our teams haven't been in it, but you know it's been fun on the props. Uh, but we're both going yeah. we're both going yellow here, so uh, we're riding the yellow. The coattails of riding the yellow, yellow Gatorade. Very bizarre too. It's uh, I hope they don't get confused with like a lime green lime yellow yeah. color. That could that exactly. could cause some confusion. All right, last uh, prop market before we get to our best prop bets. Super Bowl MVP. Who will the Super Bowl MVP think first? Teammates at two fifty. God at three dollars. No one mentioned on this list. Three fifty. Coach ten dollars. Owner ten dollars. Family ten dollars. Donald Trump fifty one dollars. All right. Now I can't see them having any reason to thank Donald Trump. Thank him so for not that... being there. Yeah. Um. I think. To be honest, not mentioned on uh, any list, so that would be thinking the other team, right? Post, yes, or like a random person. <laughs> Thanks, mum. All right, yeah. Or so that would come under family. Oh yeah, true, true. Yeah. Thanks, neighbour. The, the the do not mention on any other list is short because last year Peyton Manning went into like promo mode and just thanked Papa John and and Budweiser to just get unlimited pizza and beer for the rest of his life. Unbelievably smart. Nice. Like if you want something for the rest of your life, just on tap, it's beer and, and beer and pizza for sure. 
Um, so, you know, what a man. Thanks, Netflix, yeah. and thanks all your subscriptions. Thanks, uh, Netflix and Verizon. No more Brilliant. unlimited data. I, I definitely think I would go teammates or uh, does not mention on any list. I think it's either going to be okay. their teammates or the other teammates. Okay, so you're going uh, teammates. Loading up on the favorite. Interesting. I like coach well, at $10. Well, it makes sense, right? I like coach at $10. If you think the quarterbacks are going to win this, I feel like Dan Quinn's really rallied uh, the Falcons and, you know, the rise up and, you know, we're a brotherhood and all that sort of stuff. And I feel like Matt Ryan's not really a religious guy. I don't think Tom Brady is either. So I really don't like God at all at $3. I feel like Coach Belichick's such a big influence on Brady and Quinn's just been, you know, huge for Atlanta going so well. I like coach at ten bucks. I think that's the value. Might not happen, but I you think know what? It's the value. I feel I feel like if it, if it's if the Patriots win and it's Brady, he you know he's been there, done that. He will thank everyone and then kind of obviously have everyone being like, "When are you going to think Belichick? When are you going to think Belichick?" And it's going to get to that point when he goes and you know, thank you to the best coach ever or whatever. Yeah. I feel like he'll do it that way. And then, like you're saying, with the whole Falcons rise up and everything like that, I feel like Matt Ryan will just go, you know, it was uh, such a team effort today. We pulled through. And then, like, so obviously that's teammates. And then he'd go, Dan Quinn got us there or whatever. So I think it'll go that way. Interesting. I If Tevin Coleman wins it, who's my roughie, I really wish I could bet on um, if they'll thank Migos. Because, um, you know, they're a new... Their new album is just a banger, and that might really rally Atlanta because you know they're listening nice. to Migos like all week. Um, so, anyway, all right, it's time for our uh, our best prop bets of the week. I'm going to play this William Hill drop, even though it's it's saying our you know lines, but this is sponsored by William Hill, so what the hell? The Wooten Y Lock of the Week, proudly brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. And in true Y form, I started Did on the start drops and clicked the wrong William Hill line. So here's your double dose of just f- forced advertising. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right, just pretend that said uh, this week's best prop bets are brought to you by William Hill. <laughs> Faster, easier betting. Brilliant. All right, let's start with our... Uh, we'll do our lock of the week last, um, even though I've played the drop. It's fantastic. I'm in fine form. I mean, we'll... We're up watching Mundine vs. Green, um, and what a surprise that there was controversy in boxing. Oh my god, no way! I oh know, and uh, who would have thought it would have been like such high quality for two forty, two forty year olds just it was, swinging at each other? It was the greatest fight I've ever seen in my life. Um, all right, let's uh, let's start. Uh, number one, uh, what, what's what, what do you got? Sorry, number one. Yeah, what's your, what's we're going your... the other way, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Start from the bottom. Number three. Start from the bottom. All right. Um, how many times will deflate or deflate gate be said during the live TV broadcast? I'm loving the over. I'm loving the over. The over's at um, one and a half. So I, I, I definitely think I'll mention it at least twice during the Ooh. live broadcast. You could also double... Don't think you, don't, you don't think that'll happen? No, I like it. You can also double down on when it will first be mentioned too, like in the first quarter or the second quarter. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I definitely think it's. It, I feel like they'll just mention it, and they'll have a couple of plays, and then they'll bring it back up pretty shortly after it. That's how I see it. So, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah what, what if what if they say what if they're talking, and you know, one commentator says to the other and says, 
what about that deflate gate thing? And then they go, yeah, deflate gate, is that just two? Uh, how many times will deflate gate yeah, be said? Yeah, that's twice. Um, it, yeah, it's going to come down to that uh, if it's mentioned twice. So, yeah, that, that would pretty much do it. So if they bring it up once and they mention it three times in that one paragraph, then... Uh, yeah. Boom. But I, I feel like they might mention it in relation to Tom Brady and then they might show Roger Goodell during the game. And especially if the Patriots win, which, uh, you know, if you listen to our Super Bowl preview episode, uh, you'll, you'll hear what our tips are on that. But, um, definitely if the Patriots win, uh, when they're on the podium together, that's definitely going to be mentioned by, uh, by the booth and the broadcast. It's just going to be extremely awkward. I really hope, like, honestly, if, if the Patriots do win, I really hope, like, Brady mentions it, like, how about that deflate gate? Like, right in front of Roger Goodell. Like, that would just be the most arrogant thing ever, and I would actually love it so much. Like, I would, uh, I just want, I, I just want I to see the it. most corny handshake ever. I like, wet fish type like, limp. Like, yeah. <laughs> or Brady just staring at him in the eyes and just, He like, does have a scary stare when he, like, locks on. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> All right, so, uh, I like that one. Uh, I'm going Austin Hooper over two receptions at $1.95. Feel like he'll he'll catch two, uh, you know, at least two. So if he gets two, you get you know, push. But uh, I think he'll catch at least three passes uh, in this game against Patrick Chung, possibly lined up. Um, they may use Patrick Chung in defense against one of the running backs if they if they're going out wide. But um, Jesse James had a really good game against uh, Patrick Chung last week, who got exposed a little bit. Um, and he, you know, he's a guy. Patrick Chung. Really. But I like how they use. I like how they use Chung. I, I do. They I just he Chung. just had a bad game, and I feel like Austin Hooper can exploit that matchup, and they might want to isolate that matchup. But Patrick Chung could definitely turn it around. But I like them. I like the price. It's nearly double money uh, there. Nice. I feel like nice. I feel like Belichick's going to be so, you know, uh, focused on shutting down Julio Jones that I feel like it'll help an unsung hero like Austin Hooper or or Tevin Coleman. Um, you know, produce, so that's why I think uh, I like Austin Hooper there, over two receptions. Okay, nice. Um, I'm, my odds for this are dramatically shorter. They're at $1.57. The first touchdown type will be a receiving touchdown. We spoke about this a little bit earlier, but ha- I mean, how many times has it been in the last however many years that it's been a receiving touchdown? It always seems to be a receiving touchdown. I'll to be honest, I just, I just really like it. These are two teams that love to throw the ball. And I know that, uh, you know, I know they both have rushing attacks and we're both kind of liking the um, the chance for Tevin Coleman and LeGarrette Blount to have big games. But I just think to get the ball rolling, they're going to, they're gonna you know, throw the ball early and find success that way. Yeah. Normally in, in these type of games where we've got high-powered offenses and high-powered passing games, you definitely have to favor the receiving touchdown. I think running... And likewise, I think maybe a run, you know, a rushing touchdown to, to to close off the match in these type of games is always common as well. On the other side of things, if you want to look at look at it that way, um, that might be a way to go as well. Yep. Uh, I like under two turnovers here at four dollars. Um, you know, Brady's been very safe with the ball, short passing game, very precise, slice and dice. Uh, you're not going to get too many turnovers from him. We know the New England rarely fumble the ball, rarely fumble the ball. And I don't know if Matt Ryan has two interceptions in him in the way he's playing so far, but uh, you know you never know with deflections and things like that. But I feel like four dollars is is a really good price here for under two turnovers in the game. Uh, we may see a we may see a you know a fumble or fumble from a running back, but like 
I, I just I can't see more than two turnovers in this game. Uh, both quarterbacks. Is there an opposite to that? Yeah, uh, it's is a, there a. Is there an under or yeah, an over? So, it's a yeah. It's a bands market, so you can get like two to three or or four to five. I'll uh, bring it up for you now. I'll, let me just click on it on the website. So uh, here we go. Total turnovers. Two to threes at two dollars ten. Four to five at three twenty. Under two at four. Six or more at seven dollars. Six or more. It's insane. Yeah, um, that's not happening. Yeah, because I, I I don't mind it. You don't you don't think that it might get to a point where that you know they're just. I mean, the game is expected to be close to sixty points. So a game that's you know that has one interception from both teams, or you know two interceptions from one, or a fumble like you said. I don't know. I can I can see it being two or above. Yeah. I, I can as well, but when we're looking at a prop bet and a value when you've got two quarterbacks that have rarely thrown interceptions all season, Brady at a historic rate, $4 seems extremely valuable. I, I feel like yeah, yeah. it should be a lot shorter than that. Like 4 to 5 at 320 seems insane. I think they should, those prices probably could be flipped. But um, 2 to 3 is definitely the most common in most games. I know that 60 points is expected, but I feel like we might not see as much passing as we think. I feel like the running games are going to be more prominent in both these teams than many really expect. Yeah. All right, cool. Yep. Moving on. What's uh, what's your next one? All right, I've got Aldrick Robinson. Yes, Aldrick Robinson. Love uh, it. The, the high-profile wide receiver. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's been, he's been making a huge splash this postseason. Uh, so far, he hasn't received a single reception. But, uh, I swear but, he caught one against Green... Oh, no, he... Did he did he catch one against Greenback? I swear he did. No, it's, it is, it's zero. Okay. It's a fat, <laughs> fat donut. But anyway, <laughs> when it gets to the Super Bowl, coaches try to get creative. They try to obviously find something the defense isn't expecting. And for Aldrick Robinson to get his first um, reception to be six and a half yards or above... He's paying a dollar eighty seven, so I'm liking it. For first reception, like over six and a half yards. It's, yeah, and, and it's a dollar eighty seven. It's really funny you said that. You've mentioned Aldrick Robinson because I had a random thought the other night when I was reading something about this game and just, you know, just preparing some notes and whatnot. And I just thought I have this weird feeling Aldrick Robinson's going to make like a weird, like remember when Jermaine Curse made that insane like circus type catch. Yeah, like I just feel like Aldrick Robinson's going to be that guy this year. That's going you to reckon a... Aldrick Robinson's going to be this year's like Chris Matthews? Yeah, or like a that would not, be cool. Not quite like that where it's like all the time, but I feel like he'll just make one ridiculous. Like he'll either like take a deep pass for a touchdown, or he'll just catch a like a really crazy sideline grab. It'll be a big passing player. So I think he'll only have like one catch, but it will definitely be over six and a half yards. They're not bringing in him for a dump off. Like he's a deep threat. That's what he's always has been. Um, he's an underrated guy. Like he is pretty good. Like when he was, he always seemed to, Hey, I'm excited. He always popped up off. Like when, when he played for Washington, it was just always random. Like every time I bet on like a Washington player to score first touchdown, Aldrick Robinson would always score it. And it would just <laughs> annoy the hell out of me. So I want to rather be on his side this time. All right. Uh, my number one, uh, before we get to our lock is, is around Tevin Coleman. I've been, there's a theme here. I just, I don't know, I love Tevin Coleman. I don't know what it is. I just have this weird feeling about him in this game. So I like Tevin Coleman over three receptions at $1.83 in this game and Tevin Coleman over 34.5 receiving yards at $1.87. Uh, I feel like he's going to be used in the passing game a lot. Uh, he's a mismatch. He 
He exploited Bobby Wagner a lot against Seattle. Uh, no one in New England's linebacking core is as is athletic as Bobby Wagner. Dante Hightower is great, but he's nothing near Wagner's quality. And I, I see that as a big mismatch, and I think he'll uh, carve up in the receiving game. This is where they use Chung. Yes, so that's why you pick your poison. Do you use Chung against Tevin Coleman, and then you leave Austin Hoover one on one with a with a corner? Like, wh- what do you do? Like, this is this is the whole fun of it. It's just there's so many. Like, they're not they're not even that great weapons, but they're just they're versatile. All the weapons. It, I mean, I know it's that's why it makes this Super Bowl so um, intriguing. Like these players aren't exactly you know the best at their positions or anything, but they're all so you know. Like you said, they are versatile, and they all can play. Before, we didn't know who Malcolm Butler was. Logan Ryan wasn't really anyone, but now we look at them as, you know, solid secondary members. And, like, the whole Patriots secondary just seems, I mean, aside from De- um, McCourty, McCourty's just, you know, he's terrific. Fantastic. But, I mean, the rest of them, yeah, the rest of them are they're above average players. Chung generally isn't, but in this system, he's great. Like, yeah, and they same use with, like, terrific. Jerron Harmon as well. Like, he'd be no one anywhere else, but he's he's a solid exactly, player in but, New England. Exactly, and he fits what they do terrifically. Yep. And, I mean, that's what is going to make the Super Bowl so terrific, that just the fact that these players are, are matched up so well everywhere. So, yep. I mean, I'm super excited to see what they do with Julio. Um, I, I, to, part of me kind of feels like they're they're not. Part of me kind of feels that they're going to try to shut everything else down and then rough Julio off a bit if they can try. So, I mean, I don't know. I My brain's going crazy. At the it moment. is. It's, uh, and I love it. I love it so much. All right. What's, uh, all right. So there are our uh, three prop bets that we like. It's time for our uh, Lock of the Week. Some more uh, for sponsorship. The Wooten Y Lock of the Week. Proudly brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right. What's your prop bet lock of the week? Your prop lock. All right. Now, people, <laughs> I know you're expecting some juicy priced thing, but in fact, this is my lowest, the lowest odds of any of, of my um, props. But this one I'm so certain of. Like, I'm just, I am so certain that they will That's mention. The... <laughs> Literally the definition <laughs> of a lock. <laughs> yeah. I'm locking this in. They will mention the word lacrosse. During the live broadcast, it has to be during the live broadcast. But they will mention it during the live broadcast. It's paying a dollar forty. Put your mortgage on it. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> but they they essentially every Super Bowl they have these little you know the little backstory yep. things. They have the they they have the bit where they you know what you watch. Your Hogan's going to get his uh, his time in the in the spotlight at the Super Bowl. He's going to make a He's going to make, you know, some kind of dramatic catch or he's going to make a, a darting run or something like that. And then they're going to bring up the little history of Hogan. Yeah. And Hogan played lacrosse, if you haven't heard, just like, you know, people went to Harvard and, <laughs> and uh, played whatever. college basketball. Uh, yeah, I feel exactly. like I feel like this is more likely to happen because he posted the exact same box score as Julio Jones in the championship weekend. So when... He makes the catch, and Julio makes the catch. I feel like it'll be brought back up, like Julio's a lab creature and an alien, and Hogan's a lacrosse player, and they post at the same box score. I feel like this price would be a dollar one if we had Collinsworth or Gruden in the booth, because Gruden would be like, "I tell you what, man, this dude lacrosse—he played lacrosse, man." But Joe Buck, Troy, Aik- <laughs> Troy Aikman, I'm not quite as sure if they'd get as pumped up about the lacrosse thing as 
as Collinsworth or or John Gruden. Um, but I certainly agree with you. I feel like it will be mentioned. So uh, it would be uh, odds on at a dollar one. I tell you, if it was Gruden, I will tell you what, man, I'll tell you the cross. I I I am really upset that Collinsworth isn't. Yeah, I, uh, covering I, this. Don't even is, get me started. He's on. my He's my favourite. He's just yeah. he is he makes football for me. I just love it. Yeah, anyway. I'm not a huge Buck Aikman um, fan, but anyway, uh, let's let's move on to my lock, and I like Legarrette Blount <laughs> uh, over 14 and a half carries uh, or rushing attempts uh, in this game. Um, I th- I feel like they're going to run the rock. As I said, there's going to be a high focus on the quarterbacks, but I feel like the running games for both teams are being overlooked here, and. You know, the Falcons are last in run defensive DVOA. I feel like the game plan is to run it straight up the gut, um, try and avoid the speedy safety and linebacker, the rookies, Jones and Neal. I feel like LeGarrette Blount possibly could near 20 carries in this game. Over 14 and a half attempts. He might have that in the first half. Uh, I like it. Lock it in. You don't think that they... I mean, okay, so when LeGarrette Blount and uh, Dion Lewis are both in there, they... The Falcons' uh, defense is going to have to be on their toes. They can they can go both ways. Blount can catch it in the backfield, but I feel like when Chris uh, when sorry I'm getting confused with Chris Hogan and James White for some reason they're completely different players. Um, yeah, but when James White's in there, you know it's either going to be a screen pass or it's, it's generally going to be a passing play because I mean in pass protection and things like that they're not going to bring him in. So I feel like. I, I don't know. I feel like this is a Dion Lewis more a more Dion Lewis game. So that your 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 lock makes me nervous. Okay. But your confidence your confidence, you know, makes me feel good. So it's, I mean I'm happy for you yeah. and I can see it easily happening. Mm. I, I feel like Lewis will be Lewis will get his carries and his share, but I, I feel like this matchup suits Blount more than it suits Lewis as a runner. I feel like Lewis will be used more in the passing game. I think Shane Vereen against uh, you know the last Super Bowl. He had like 27 receptions. It was just hey man, ridiculous. I hope you're right. I hope so you're right. I uh, I feel confident. Because you need money to buy all my burgers. <laughs> We've got nine props here because I kind of snuck in two on Tevin Coleman. I am confident we'll hit uh, at least five of them. Um, so that's uh, that's good ROI, baby. Ooh. Some fancy business yeah, talk there you go. from Y. Uh, all right, that's our uh, that's our best. Prop bets, uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's it for our uh, prop bets show. Uh, if you st- stick around, listen to my interview with RJ Char about Media Day and Media Night, and uh, please check out our uh, Super Bowl preview podcast. Uh, Woot and I give our picks and analysis on offense, defense, everything, you name it. And uh, yeah, please check out that interview with RJ Char. All right, joining us on our hotline bling all the way from Houston at Radio Row. Uh, so we have someone on the ground, unofficially with Wooten Wire, but officially with ESPN San Antonio. But uh, he's uh, kind of the third arm of the podcast this year. He's been our uh, spirit animal, and he is RJ Ochoa, live from Radio Row, home of the Super Bowl, home of Super Bowl 51. Welcome back to the Wooten Wire Show. How are you going, buddy? 
Hey, man, it's uh, good to be here. Um, you know, I, you know, you say unofficially, but Utenwa is in my heart. I, I want like I need like a T-shirt to wear under my like long sleeve button ups. You know, that says like <laughs> Utenwa. We need it in black letters so people so it's just seeable enough so that people ask you. It can be like uh, unintentional marketing. <laughs> Exactly. I like it. <laughs> all right. So you've been in uh, Radio Row all, uh, all week, and uh, I've seen a lot of your snaps and uh, – not snaps, but uh, Instagram posts and, and Twitter posts. I've got to add you on Snapchat, just a sidebar. But um, And then, you know, if people want to see all that, they can follow you on Twitter at RJ Ochoa, and I highly recommend it. A uh, good follow. But you've been in there all week. But I want to start with, obviously, opening night. That's kind of the main event of Media Week. Uh, you know, you're a fan, but you're also a you know a professional. You're there on a, a professional capacity. How do you describe the atmosphere of the event? Because you hear the around the NFL guys talk about it, and they've been there many a time, so they're kind of, you know, just in in business mode. So how did you, you know, as your first one that you've been to, what did you make of it? Yeah, well, I'll say that it's obviously my first experience here, um, and really awesome that it's in in my home state of Texas. Um, and, and so, like, you do see, like, obviously a lot of people a little bit more accustomed to it. But it was, from my understanding, it had never been done like this. It was at uh, it was at Minute Maid Park, which is a little bit of a walk from the George R. Brown Convention Center where Radio Road. Um, and so Minute Maid Park is the home of the Houston Astros, the baseball team. And the entire field had, like, a tarp on it, like a, a series of tarps, I should say. And that's where the media access was. And there were fans who showed up to sit in the stands and literally watch this. But um, so sort of along, I guess, where the dugouts would be were various booths. And that's where, you know, Tom Brady is and Devonta Freeman and all the sort of higher class players. There's a big stage, but the entire field is just thousands of media members and players. And um, and so it's it's kind of surreal. I mean, you walk up and it's, you know, hey, there's uh, Martellus Bennett. Hey, you know, and they're, you know, you can walk up, you can grab him, you can say, hey, what's up? And that's kind of what I was doing. I was just sort of on the road, uh, on the ground, and, you know, grabbing people, talking about them. Uh, I talked to Ben Garland. I asked him who he thought he's, uh, the best celebrity was in the history of Atlanta. I really wanted him to say Usher. And I was going to move into, like, what's your favorite Usher song? So he said <laughs> Matt Ryan. And I was like, Ben, ben Garland, what <laughs> What are you doing? I mean, like, and then he, he got all like, it's a, it's an honor to block from that. And I was like, bro, be cool. You know, I just wanted to bring up, yeah, and ludicrous and stuff. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's that's kind of the part I hate about media night is just a lot of the coach talk and cliche stuff. And Bill Belichick was just a snore. Um, and you know, Brady said all the right things. And you know, I love Matt Ryan, but you know, he's boring as as hell as well. Um, you know, it, yeah. it, it's a bit annoying. It's a bit, it's a bit of a repetition and a bit monotonous at times. I will say of the uh, of the, the higher profile players, um, I didn't get too close to that Ryan just because it didn't it didn't feel worth the time. Kind of what you're saying, but <laughs> I really uh, I really enjoyed Ricardo out. He was really cool. He was really down to earth. Um, he was really honest. Dwight Freeney was really great. Um, yeah. But I, probably a personal favorite, and I know you're not the biggest Pats fan in the world, but Matthew Slater was so awesome. Yeah, I love I that mean, guy, though. He, he, was, he was so kind. He was so gracious. Mm. He, I mean, every time, I mean, he just had people were sticking cameras in his face. Can you say hi to here? Can you say hi to there? He put up with it all with a smile on his face. He was, I mean, from from what I saw, the uh, the MVP of the night, 
Um, although I did hear Danny Amendola say that his favorite cereal was Pops, and that was a, a really harsh takeaway. I don't have any big thing against Danny, but, I, I mean, of all the cereals in the world, Pops. I mean, come on, Danny. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What is Pops? Um, they're like corn pops. Oh, um, they, they actually—they kind of look—they kind of look like macaroni shells, um, and they just—you know—kind of taste like whatever. But they suck. So wow. Danny's wrong. That's uh, that's huge. I was going to ask you what your low light was, and that probably pretty much sounds like the low light. Like a low light for me, I, I thought from watching it uh, on NFL Network was that whole thing in the you know at the halfway point where the team sort of met in the middle, and it was just very awkward hearing. You know, yeah, Sal yeah. asked Matt Ryan about Tom Brady when Tom Brady's standing a foot away from him, and then it just was very, very awkward. It it, it was definitely like you could feel it, like it was it was extremely awkward um, that part. And then I don't know if they televised this. There was like there was literally like a halftime show. Did they televise that? Yeah, it was awful. Um, or did they cut? Yeah, it, it was. And so, like at that point, you know, I I went and grabbed some food and re-energized uh, to get ready for the Patriots. But I didn't even heard uh, of that band. But, you know, I, oh, uh, they have that. Is that song Renegade? No. That there? Uh, uh, if, whatever. I'd never even heard. Either of that. way, though, uh, it was it was incredible. I mean, honestly, that the whole I didn't want that night to end. It was just it was amazing. Just you know, floating around. Uh, seeing people whose work you admire and then talking to different players. I mean, it was, I mean, you know, I, I have a, a personal deep love for the Super Bowl and history. And I'll say that there's a lot of things in life that don't live up to hype, if that makes sense. This completely lives up to the hype. I mean, it, it was, mm. it was epic from start to finish. Awesome. I, uh, I appreciate the honesty there because, you know, you, you can get sort of things that are really hyped up, and it can be a bit of a letdown. So that that's awesome. I mentioned lowlights. The highlights for me watching on TV, I thought Arthur Blank, I couldn't take my eyes off the, him. He's a fascinating guy. Um, and then when he said uh, the most famous person on uh, Robert Kraft's firm was probably Donald Trump, just the early points to, to Atlanta on that one, I thought uh, they got the edge early on the night with that uh, line from Arthur Blank, and I saw him dancing with Guillermo from Jimmy Kimmel. Um, I find him fascinating. He was a definite highlight for me. Uh, what was the highlight for you? Yeah, well, um, I mean, obviously, I think it's kind of a, a cheating answer to say the whole experience. But, yeah. I mean, it, it really was that. And it was really just talking to players, um, talking to coaches, talking to, you know, being being within arms, being within, you know, fingers. Um, yep. I'll say that I, uh, I waited patiently uh, at Bill Belichick's podium, and I asked him a question. What did you ask and him? And that was part of the highlight. Well, you know, I'm a bit of a football historian, and I sat there for a long time thinking what to ask because you know the guy's kind of morose, and yeah. um, so I asked him what is. I said, you know, your your football library is well documented. So it's one of your favorite football books of all time, just because you know, kind of break the ice a little bit. Yeah. And uh, in, typ- in typical Bill Belichick fashion, he returned that serve and said uh, some scouting book written by his father, and then he said Paul Brown's a great show. So that was it. Such a morose guy. Uh, <laughs> that is, uh, that's funny. You mentioned sort of meeting journalists and 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 people. We and, and there was plenty of characters, you know, on the day. Uh, fake Tom Brady that we saw uh, on the telecast. Uh, Kel Mitchell as Ed from Good Guy Burger. You know, apart from the players, was there any journalists and characters that you know people that you've followed on Twitter or, or you know watched on TV that you met? Um, that you know weren't playing in the game. That uh, you know was it was a good chat and someone you know you spoke to that was you know 
pretty cool. Uh, well, the fake Tom Brady was really interesting uh, and uh, really, you know, made you question life a little bit. Look at him in the eyes. He's but, freaky. Um, I, 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 uh, I did talk to uh, both Dan Hanses and Greg Rosenthal. That was a, a great treat. As uh, I, I, just like you, I'm a big fan of around the NFL. Uh, podcast. Um, we talked to Peter King a little bit. Just kind of, you know, um, just kind of said, "Hey, you know, you do some solid work and uh, things like that." It was uh, really interesting. Um, you know, Greg Rosenthal thought my uh, my Bill, Bill Belichick question was all right. So hey, yeah, you know, I'll call that a I'll call that a, a base hit. Take that a win as a win. You mentioned uh, Matthew Slater and Bill Belichick. Was there any other uh, players you talked to or asked questions to? Um, there were some some lower level guys: Ben Garland, yep. Teddy Cassis, um, Kyle Williams, um, Dwight Freeney was uh, was there. I wanted to get to Julio Jones, but it was just a little bit uh, a little bit too crowded. Dan Quinn's podium was shockingly lowly attended. Um, I did not. I, will say, I did not like his answers to some questions. I found him a bit. He, he was interesting, um, and the whole thing, like the whole thing's so interesting because it's so like corporate, it's so like media-ish. Like, I mean, they've got like all these official Gatorade bottles, and um, you know, and the players' hoodies were the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, they had the cool, coolest sweatsuits going on, but uh, but I also I thought about talking to uh, to Julian Edelman, but uh, you know, you and I are, are good mates, and I couldn't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Did you tell Ricardo Allen that I successfully predicted he'd have an interception in the uh, NFC Championship game? I did not, but uh, but I did admire his answers a lot. He he uh, he talked a lot about uh, what's going on in the country politically. I, uh, I heard he some I heard some it. of that answers about how they try to phase it out of the locker room because he doesn't want it to divide the team. It's not that we don't want to ignore the issues; we just don't want it to be brought up inside the locker room obviously they have their circles where they chat about things but they don't want to, it to divide the team yeah he um he, he was great and, yeah. and that that answer was really poignant and uh, i appreciate it he, you know i, I like ricardo allen but you walked away from that moment thinking he was a cool dude yeah and it's always a, an unsung player like that that's always surprisingly the more entertaining than than the big names because the big names have got to be very very careful they've got endorsements to worry about and, and reputations to uphold so it's always good to see uh you know, it's normally defensive players as well because they're not as popular to the mainstream as as y- y- wide receivers and fantasy players and things like that. Um, I mentioned. Uh, I, um, yep. I was I was gonna say I did talk to um, to Malcolm Brown. I asked him if he enjoyed Waterburger and he did, which was particularly exciting for me. But <laughs> I also talked to um, to uh, another uh, to, to Ted Carrot. That's who I was talking to, the Patriots uh, offensive lineman. And I asked him what his favorite sitcom was of all time, and he said The Office, uh, what a which legend. I thought was cool. I like that. Yep. Yeah. I like that guy. He might be my favorite Pat now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned before Arthur Blank sort of dissing uh, Robert Kraft live on NFL Network as a highlight. Uh, another funny moment for me was uh, it looked like Bill Belichick was going for a bro hug on Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn just pulled out of it. So I thought at this point the Falcons are up 2-0, some early points on the board. But then the, Falcon, then the Patriots kind of... Got their revenge when they, you know, uh, fabricated a, a, a San Francisco uh, examiner journalist to steal Kyle Shanahan's backpack full of the game plan. I think that evens the playing that field. Was, that was so interesting, and, and he, Kyle was uh, was standing pretty close to like a crowd entrance, and so I can kind of believe it. It would be really easy to steal. 
Um, that that whole mess was uh, was really 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 interesting. But Kyle Shanahan, what are you doing walking around with the game plan? You know, put that thing in your safe. hotel room. Yes. Yeah, I mean. Seriously, that's that's on Kyle. Yeah, and you're you're about to sign a multi-million dollar deal. Like if you not if you're concerned about the safe, hire a security officer to stand in front of the safe. Like you've got money, you protect that game plan with your life. If you win a Super Bowl as this offensive genius, then you know you're about to your life's going to change. Yeah, I mean it's it's very similar, obviously, to Sean Payton walking around with, what was it, that, that extension in his briefcase, briefcase yeah. for, like, three days or whatever it was. Um, yeah, Kyle, what are, you, what are you doing, man? This is, you know, Come what back. if he had legitimately lost it? That would be crazy. Come back to us. Uh, all right, so that that yeah. was any last thoughts on uh, opening night before uh, I want to get to your entire week on Radio Row? Um, I mean, I, I think that that honestly sums it up best in, in saying that it completely lives up to the hype. I mean, it, it's, it sounds big, it looks big, and it is big, and it feels big, and it, it's, uh, it's a big deal, and it's a big thing, and uh, I really, really enjoy being a part of it. Awesome, and uh, you know, hopefully Wooten Wire one day will uh, venture on to one of those. It would be a, it would be a dream for us to, to be at such an event. Um, the NFL draft is high on our bucket list as well. All right, so Radio Row, you've been there all week with ESPN San Antonio. They had a uh, a credential laying around, and uh, it ended up in your lap, and you've been just lapping it up uh, all week. What's what's that? You know, it's a little bit of a different vibe, obviously, to, to opening night and media night. But what's what's the feel around this whole week? Like, how do you, how do you explain it to someone that has no idea what Radio Row is is about? Well, so I mean, I'm here now. It's this gigantic room. I mean, just I mean. Think of an auditorium on steroids, and it is just lined and lined and lined with tables and chairs. And each table has a different radio station, or a podcast, or a network, or a television show um, broadcasting their show live from here. I don't know uh, what type of power is powering this place, but there have got to be like a thousand things plugged in uh, in this room. <laughs> And so it's, uh, and, and there, I will say there are bigger stages. Fox Sports Radio has a stage set up. CBS uh, Sports has a stage. And there's just shows going on all the time. There's guests walking in that people are booking uh, to have on their shows. And so it is a, a madhouse. I mean, you're trying to book guests. You're trying to put on your show. People are late. People are early. Um, it, it, it's mayhem. It, it's, uh, but it, it's exhilarating. It's like, it's like what you imagine the stock market to look like when it crashes, like the way people are running around frantically in that room and monitors and everything are everywhere. Just less paperwork, right? Uh, it's a surprising amount of paperwork, actually. All right, but, yeah, a little bit less. All right, uh, some rapid round questions here. All right, the, uh, the, the biggest celebrity you met this week? Emmett Smith, by far. At Radio Row. Cool. All right, uh, the person that sort of underwhelmed you that you met, celebrity? Andre Reid. Okay. Uh, uh, he, was, he, he, he was he was a little you know he was he was like oh yeah we were talking I was like dude this is literally the point of this so uh, <laughs> but yeah little little, little underwhelmed you, you actually f- and, a, and an, an an honorable mention on the biggest one Rudy from the movie but like the real Rudy like the oh, actual Rudy. player it was it was so cool that's cool uh you froze or had a fangirl moment around. Do I have fangirl moments? Well, around which celebrity? Sorry, I phrased that terribly. Um, Did I stutter? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So this morning I got on a, uh, an escalator 
to come up, and I, I was trying to get here for him and Smith uh, to be on time. And behind me on the escalator was Michael Bennett uh, of the Seattle Seahawks and Carissa Thompson of Fox Sports. <laughs> and so it's just it's just it's like, hey, be cool. You <laughs> know, just ride the escalator. <laughs> uh, the funniest celebrity you met this week? Funniest? Probably... Um, Probably that's a that's a great question. Funniest would have to probably go to Mike Haynes. These are all Hall of Famers. Mike Haynes is yep. so funny. All right. Uh, the nicest one that you met this week. Oh man, nicest I am. Man, I'll say I haven't had any negative experiences. That's cool. Uh, but nicest probably Peter King. He was. I mean, I know, and I told I congratulated him on becoming a grandfather. And he he was just like a grandpa, like he was the sweetest uh, <laughs> sweetest guy, Peter King. That's awesome. Uh, who did you speak to the longest? Like you know, you just they just you know were happy to talk to you, and you just got along so well, and and you could you could have chatted for forever. Um, I'll say from like an an athlete's perspective, probably my King, and I had to take a picture with him. And he was wearing his Hall of Fame jacket, and he actually was like, you know, let me get on this side so that the the patch on my jacket can can be seen. And I was like, hey, that's a really kind kind thing of you to say. And so talked to him for a little while, um, and uh, but also Greg Rosenthal was was really chatty. He was really great. So I mean, not on not on my team's level. No disrespect to Rosie, but uh, you know. <laughs> Different, different type of thing. Yeah. Uh, when we first had Greg on our show, um, at first it was really awkward and it felt like he didn't want to talk to us and it was like, who are these guys sort of thing. It was like, oh, we're like, me and we looked at each other, we're like, oh no, like this is going to be a disaster. And then we started talking about Kanye and then we started like talking about free agency a little bit. And then when he realized like, hey, these guys are all right, like he opened up and then he, he was very chatty and we're like, phew, like we were, sweating, awesome. we were sweating the bullets for a while there. Um, the other night we had, there was a media party, uh, and all the media was there. It was just crazy. It was awesome. I mean, it was cool. It was just, you know, it's, you know, crazy stories, uh, happening before your eyes. That was going to be my next question. Was any, any cool, you know, goss or anything from those, from that party you went to? Uh, well, there was a swag bag, um, awesome. for, uh, for there. So from a physical perspective, uh, a little bag with like some notepads and pens and things like that. And the food spread was incredible. I never in my life had a peppermint brownie and I regret not knowing that that was a thing because it was fantastic. Um, but it was just, uh, I mean, you know, it didn't, it was at a museum. So you didn't see anybody like climbing the dinosaur displays or anything like that, <laughs> but it was just, it was just unreal. Um, to be watching, they had, for example, they had a tequila display where, uh, you know, everyone could sample tequilas, and you got all these people lining up to take tequila shots. It was crazy. That is insane. A peppermint brownie just doesn't sound like anything I'd like. I, I don't like mint and peppermint in desserts or food. Um, I don't want to taste toothpaste while I'm eating dessert. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you and I, 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 I like to think of why is the Australian RJ. Uh, but this is a this is a, a big fork in the road for us. Why I love peppermint. <laughs> I like peppermint as a mint. Like I'll, I'll happily have it as a mint, but I just I don't want it in my desserts. That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right. <laughs> last last thing we got you on here for, and I appreciate all the insight from Radio Row. As we can hear some announcements in the background, live on the ground. This is amazing stuff. Uh, is your Super Bowl predictions. And before we get your actual predictions and thoughts on the game, you are a Super Bowl historian. 
uh, and you had some bizarre facts for us last time. Can you give us one bizarre fact about the Super Bowl and then give us your prediction on the game? Um, in terms of bizarre, I think this is interesting. So a lot has been made about the closing of the Georgia Dome and the Falcons want to open their new stadium with a Super Bowl victory. The Patriots did that. People forget the Patriots' first Super Bowl that they won in the 2001 season when they beat the Rams at the Superdome. They closed down Foxborough Stadium and, uh, with uh, an AFC Championship win and opened Gillette with a Super Bowl banner. And like that—that's a cool thing. Like that, how does that happen? That you know that that would line up between two teams like that ever. And, that, uh, and that's that's so also kind of cool that you bring that up as well because when they won that Super Bowl, they were kind of like the Atlanta Falcons. This time, no one really thought they were going to be there. They were up against a powerhouse in, in the Rams, and then, you know, and then they started a dynasty. Now they're the now they're the Rams in this situation, and the Falcons are the Patriots that no one expected were going to be here and the and the underdog. Exactly. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Also, something that I think is interesting. Another thing is the last time that the Denver Broncos, excuse me, the Atlanta Falcons were in the Super Bowl was the 1998 season. And they faced the Denver Broncos, but it was the year after the Broncos had won their first. And so both times the Falcons have been in the Super Bowl, the Broncos won it the year before. And also the Packers had been in the NFC Championship game two years before. Uh, and the Patriots had been in the Super Bowl two years before. So every time the Falcons have been in the Super Bowl, the Packers have been in the NFC Championship game two games or two years prior. The Patriots have been in the Super Bowl two years prior. And the Broncos are or have been the defending champions both times. That's crazy that that happened both times they've been in the Super Bowl. That is insane. That's crazy. That's why uh, we got you on the show, because I love that kind of stuff from you. But what's your prediction for the game? Give me a score prediction, an MVP, and yeah, and who wins this game? Man, I've thought about this all week long, and I've thought about what I want to happen i was you know we went and did uh interviewed the fox people the fox media had a media presser which was sort of an inception like moment and i asked joe buck what the better story was because i want to know what's you know i want to root for the best story because my team's not is it the falcons winning the first one matt ryan joining the ranks of the elite or is it the patriots and bill belichick and tom brady cementing themselves as the greatest and i just i don't think it's wise to bet against the Patriots. I think I, I think it would be cool to see the Falcons win, but I think that the Patriots are just, that's who they are at this point, and I think we've all kind of accepted that. I think that, you know, their ability to hold people in the first quarter of Super Bowls is an indication that they do a lot of great prep work. I think that New England wins this. I think it's going to be an interesting game. And I think, uh, you know, I'll see 27-23 New England MVP Tom Brady, Roger Goodell, cries himself to sleep. <laughs> uh, what did Joe Buck actually say when you asked him that question? You know, he, he gave an interesting answer in that he, he sort of said that the story kind of writes itself. Because if the Falcons win, then it is the story of, of Matt Ryan joining the ranks of the elite. And if the Patriots win, then it is that. So, you know, he said that he was kind of, you know, on both sides of that thing. Um, but, you know, he, he said that the story sort of writes itself in terms of which one's greater and writes itself in, in the script of the game, how it goes, if there's an epic drive, a last-second finish, something like that. Uh, and I think that that's true. And, I mean, you remember those types of moments, like the Malcolm Butler play. Without that, that game is not as legendary as, as it is, granted it's only two years old. So we'll remember that forever because of that play. That changes the fabric of the story to make it greater. 
Yeah, I I agree. Uh, did Joe Buck mention? Did you ask him what you know coloured tie he might be wearing or the pattern on his tie? And, you know, I just you know <laughs> you can get you know dollar twenty is the favourite for blue, and you know just you know, you know just trying. I to... did not, but he, I don't, I don't believe he was wearing a tie. Actually, now that Damn. I think about it, when I talked to him, so okay. maybe he's trying not to not to tip his hand. Interesting. Uh, you know, Al Michaels would just flat out tell you because the guy loves to help the punters out. But unfortunately, Joe Buck not as generous with his, uh, you know, with his uh, advice. But you know, that's fine. Uh, RJ Ochoa, uh, when is Ocho live back? Because I've missed it this week. Yeah, uh, I missed it too. It's been a, a hectic week, uh, but I'm here with ESPN San Antonio, and so that obligation has, has been priority number one. It's, it's been of a course. weird week, but uh, we'll. We'll be back to Daily Ocho Lives as soon as uh, as soon as I'm back on Monday. All right, so a post Super Bowl Ocho Live. Exactly. All right. You know, so, sort of w- wiping the slate clean. 2017 is officially here. Yep, I I dig that, and I thank you very much for joining the show. Before we let you go, uh, please tell everybody where they can find you and Ocho Live and and all sorts of your uh, musings and work. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, as you were alluding to, just at RJ Ochoa. You can uh, follow Ocho Live on Twitter, uh, at Ocho Live, and, and Periscope. Follow, follow me on Periscope, at RJ Ochoa, and go like Ocho Live on Facebook. Just search for Ocho Live. I make it real nice and simple. Why? It's, it is very simple, and you just reminded me that I hadn't uh, liked uh, Ocho Live yet on Facebook, so I'm about to, you're going to about to get a notification uh, because I'm about to <laughs> click uh, the big thumbs up button. Uh, as soon as I can find it, there it is. All right, it's liked. There you go. Uh, and there you go, notification. There we go. Got it. Perfect. All right, man. I appreciate your your work and and a big thank you for for all the help that you've given me and the show uh, in in my absence and things like that uh, this this year and Woot's absence as well. So I uh, I very much appreciate all the help and and support you've given us. Throughout uh, you know the 2016-2017 NFL season, and uh, we look forward to many more appearances uh, you know in 2017. Hey, anytime, man! It's uh, it's been a fun season. It's been our first one as as uh, comrades, and so uh, I've enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to the next thousand. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm looking forward to seeing updates of the Lunar Bowl. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, thank you, man. It's uh it's sold out, so uh, we're we're excited. So I'll take plenty of picks, and uh, I might even periscope a little bit if I can. Um, just depends on the nice. old data plan, but we'll see how we go. Oh, good to go. That's what I'm. Re- I'm ready for that. I was <laughs> born ready for that moment. <laughs> Perfect, RJ Ochoa. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll let you get back to uh, representing ESPN San Antonio uh, and uh, enjoying Radio Row. Sounds good, man. All right, big thanks to RJ Ochoa for joining the show today and throughout the season, and to all our guests that have joined us in the 2016 and 17 season. That wraps up the show. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. You can follow Woot on Twitter at Woot, etc., and the show at Woot and Why. Give us a like on Facebook, The Woot and Why Show, and give us a follow on Twitter at Woot and Why. We'll be back on Tuesday, the day after Super Bowl 51, to recap the game and talk about the Super Bowl 51 champions before we take a little bit of a break and jump into the 2018 se- uh, 2017 and 2018 season. Thanks, guys.